This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. Well, good morning, Detroit. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast, and I want to thank you for tuning in tonight. I believe that the Spirit of God has something that He wants to minister to you. Don't touch that dial. You are at the right station tonight, and God is going to do something. I don't believe it's just by chance that you're listening. I don't believe it's by happenstance. I believe that there is a divine purpose in the mind of God for you to be tuning into this broadcast and listen. God is going to do supernatural things in you. If you're tuning in tonight and you need a touch from God, if you need deliverance, if you need healing, if you need a miracle in your life, you have turned into a ministry that believes in the supernatural power of God. The Bible says that He, Jesus, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means the same Jesus that you see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the same Jesus that was healing people in Acts is available for you tonight. You don't have to wait for a gradual miracle. You can receive an instant touch from God tonight. He can loose depression. He can loose any type of hurt or pain that you have inwardly and totally deliver you. There's somebody you're listening and you're heartbroken. You are going through a breakup. You're going through some type of circumstance that has to do with an emotional wound in your life. God is going to deliver you from that. I just want you to know and be uplifted and be encouraged that there is nothing that Jesus cannot do for you. And with one touch from his power, he's able to heal you of any type of scar or unforgiveness or bitterness that you have toward anybody right now on the spot. So we have a good show for you, so don't touch that dial. I want to let you know that if you're trying to find these uh, radio broadcasts uh, on the internet, you can do so. Just go to iTunes and download On the Road with Chris Palmer podcast, and you'll find all of the broadcasts that have been archived since we began our show just a couple months ago. They're free for you and your usage. You can use them any way that you would like. I also want to remind you that the Transforming Truth is a listener-supported broadcast, so if it's been a blessing to you anyway and you've been touched or you've experienced a miracle in your life, and you had some type of testimony that you want to share, we want you to email us at info at chrispalmerministries.com. You know, there are so many people that find me weeks, sometimes even years, after God does something in their life, and they say, hey, there was a service I was at uh, five months ago, and God did this in my life, and I just thought I should tell you. And I'm thankful for the miracle. I'm thankful for the healing they have in their life. But I think to myself, why didn't you tell me when it happened? Uh, it's kind of like the ten lepers that Jesus healed, and only one of them came back to thank him. And a lot of times people get their healing, and they, they disappear into thin air, and you never see them again. And you never hear the good report. And I love to share those because the Bible says that we overcome with the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Send them to me. I'll read them over the air. And if you give me the permission to do so, and it'll be a blessing to other people. Remember, somebody told you their testimony, and that helped you. So if you have a testimony of what God's done, send it in to us on the broadcast. 
If you want to partner with us in your prayers or your financial giving, if it's been a blessing to you, we welcome it. At You could write to us at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Wall Lake, Michigan, 48390. Or you can go on our website, chrispalmerministries.com, and partner with us as we continue to expand. We're believing to get God or get this broadcast in. We're believing God to get this broadcast in California. We're believing God to get this broadcast in different places. And so we need your giving and we need your support. And we know that God will bless it as you're obedient to what he tells you to do. And uh, we're con- planning another supernatural coming up. We had a wonderful time a couple of weeks ago. Now. It's been a couple of months, about a month and a half ago. Uh, and people were touched. And we had a lot of testimonies of healing. And so you're partnering with a wonderful ministry that God has put to teach his people about how to turn themselves over to the Spirit of God so the Spirit of God can turn them over to Jesus. Tonight we're going to continue with our series on the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Ghost is not something that you can teach without an experience of Him. The Holy Ghost is not made for classrooms so you can sit around and talk about what you think He is and what you think He isn't. He is an actual, literal experience. The things of God are not meant to be intellectualized to a certain point. They're meant to be experienced. The kingdom of God is not a theory. It is a reality. The kingdom of God is not something that you can just uh, pretend exists. It really exists. You don't have to think your way into it. It exists. It is a reality. It is the here and the now. And we're going to see tonight that the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is the administrator of of that kingdom and he has brought with him gifts that he wants the body of Christ to begin to operate with so that they can manifest the presence and power of God to the world that's around and we're going to see that in just a little bit and I want you to be encouraged tonight that if you have Jesus in your life you are qualified you are to, to receive the spirit of God And you could receive that baptism and that fire right now in your home. The Bible says that you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. This is Jesus talking. And he says that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. When the devil heard this, there's no question in my mind that he was upset and agitated because the baptism of the Spirit that he's talking about here is the same that John described in Matthew 13 when he said of Jesus that there's one that is coming that is mightier than him whose shoes he's not worthy to bear, and he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Isn't it interesting that John, Jesus' brother, John the baptizer, which it says in the Greek, he didn't say that Jesus was going to die on the cross, and he didn't decide to preach the resurrection. Those are all important. We thank God for them. But John skipped right to it and said, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And... The point of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection wasn't just so that we could celebrate it on Easter or some call it Resurrection Sunday. The point of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection wasn't just that we could have eternal life, although that's what made it possible for us to have eternal life. The point was that so we could receive the baptism of the Spirit or the fullness of the Holy Ghost in our lives so that you 
could be empowered as a child of God to go out and tell people about Jesus, to manifest his presence and manifest his kingdom. There are people that I have that I disciple that once they got born again and saved or gave their hearts back to Jesus, if you become one of my disciples or someone that, that sits under me and allows me to teach you, what I want to do is start teaching you to lay hands on the sick, to start teaching you to go out there and start praying for people in faith, to go out there and start demonstrating the kingdom. Because what you are responsible for now as a Christian is wherever you go, find sickness, find disease, find torment, and arrest it by the power of the Spirit of God. And the reason why the devil was agitated that uh, Jesus promised his disciples this is because if Jesus was one fire that the kingdom of hell had to put out, well then there was going to be a whole lot more fires that he had to pull out, put, put out. And on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2 said that there was 120 that were all in accord in one place, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire that came to rest upon each of them, and they spake with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So now you have now 120 fires that need to be put out. <laughs> and then Peter, right after this, they walk out of the upper room and he starts preaching. Or they start seeing him speaking in other tongues. And those that were by said, these guys are drunk. And Peter says, no, they're not drunk. It's just the early part of the day. And then he starts preaching and 3,000 people get saved. And Peter didn't just stop at Jesus. He says, repent and be baptized, each one of you, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you see the book of Acts starting on the foundation of the Holy Ghost. And then it says 3,000 people got saved. Now the devil has 3,120 fires that he had to put out. And you go on to see in the next chapter, 2,000 people get saved. Now he has 5,120 fires that he had to put out. And guess what? The fire has not stopped, friend. It is still spreading. And if you want to receive a fresh touch of the Spirit of Almighty God tonight, you can receive the fire and the power of God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost. I remember when I got baptized in the Spirit of God, I was just a 13-year-old, and I was praying in my, uh, I was living with my parents, of course, at the time. And I asked God, I said, God, I want to receive the Spirit of God, and I want to receive your fullness. As I was reading through the book of Acts, that power came upon me, that authority came over me, and I started praying in other tongues. I'm a Christian. I believe 100% it is God's desire for every single believer, man, woman, and child, to pray in tongues and pray in the Holy Ghost. I have a book coming out very soon. It's going to teach to you the importance of praying in tongues, why every believer can pray in tongues. I know what you're thinking. Do all pray in tongues? Do all interpret? No, Brother Palmer. The answer is no. Well, Paul was talking about, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 28, the public use of tongues. He had just mentioned apostles. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Are all gifts of healing? No. Are all people in governments? No. And then he says, do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And the answer is no. But he's talking about the public use. The apostle is a public function. The prophet is a public function. The uh, the gifts of, uh, excuse me, the, um, the everything else that's mentioned, the workings of miracles, that's a public function. And speaking in tongues publicly and interpreting publicly is a public function. But 19 verses later, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul says, I would that you all speak with tongues. So it's his desire for 
He said it was his desire that everybody at church, in the Corinthian church, he wished could pray in tongues because in order to understand 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, you have to see that there is a language that is being talked about. It is glossolalia, which is the unknown utterance. When people say, well, tongues is just speaking in a known dialect with an unknown speaker. That means if you just speak English and everybody around you speaks German, you start speaking in German. That's not what glossolalia means. Glossolalia means an unknown mystical angelic language. <laughs> Paul said he wished everybody spoke in glossolalia. You can have the your prayer language of speaking in tongues if you want it. Now I know people have abused it. People have hurt other people and said that that's of the devil if you do that and that you know, it, it gets crazy but listen friend when you receive the holy ghost he wants to start praying through you immediately that's the one gift of the spirit praying in other tongues that you have been made a steward over yourself and listen people try and take me to task on it all the time i've stopped defending it i've completely stopped defending tongues because to me, it's take it or leave it. I know what it has done in my life, how it has absolutely transformed me through praying in tongues, how it opened up the miraculous in my life. How when I started praying out these mysteries at a Greater Than Dreams Church over in, uh, in Wayne, Michigan with Pastor Larry Mack, he taught me a lot on praying in tongues. And when I started praying in the tongues and praying in tongues in the Holy Ghost, eight hours, nine hours a night, how that started launching me into the supernatural and the miraculous started opening up in my life and how the Word of God began to open up in a way that no Bible college professor had ever been able to teach me. And friend, my best friend now is Mr. Praying in Tongues. We had the young man Solomon Williams on with us a couple of weeks ago and he was sharing his testimony how praying in tongues has uh, completely changed his life as a young man. So you, you, we have a testimony here of the power of praying in tongues. And don't be bitter. You can receive that. Now, you don't have to receive it to be saved. You don't need to pray in tongues to be saved. That's not what the Bible says. But you can receive it as your personal language to edify you and help you walk this life as a believer. And we'll get more into that. But I want to talk to you about the ability of the Spirit of God to administrate and to help you. The Bible says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12... Uh, it, there's a, a whole chapter that the Apostle Paul writes about the gifts of the Spirit. Paul says the very first thing when he's talking about is he is talking about gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit to help administer the kingdom of God on the earth. Now you think about what administration is. If you have an administrator, your administrative assistant does the things necessary to help you get your job done. Well, the Holy Spirit is the administrative or the administrator of the kingdom of God, and he does what's necessary to get the job that God wants done done here on the earth, and he uses tools to do that. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, Now concerning spiritual gifts, I would not have you be ignorant. The word gifts is simply the word graces. It's charisma, or the, we call it the charismata, which is the gifts or the graces of the Spirit. Anytime somebody gives you a gift, it's a grace. You didn't earn it. You didn't have to ask for it. They just gave it to you. If you're listening tonight, and you feel defeated and weak, God has a grace, a gift, a package that He wants you to receive tonight. And that is a grace or a gift of the Spirit that He wants to help you to operate in. And it comes from the Holy Spirit. And so, 
it stands to reason that if you want to begin to operate in the gifts or graces of the Spirit, your understanding of the Holy Spirit and your accessibility to Him and how you make yourself available to Him is going to begin to increase that flow in your life. And my task as a minister is to teach people how to start operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Every Christian. It says that he, Paul's desire is that the church at Corinth would not be ignorant of these spiritual gifts. How many Christians today are ignorant of spiritual gifts? Ask yourself the question tonight, friend, as you listen on the radio. Ask yourself this. Have you been used by God to operate consistently, consistently in spiritual gifts? And if not, do you desire to be used by God in spiritual gifts? And if the answer is yes, you can learn tonight. You can activate yourself in the gifts of the Spirit. Everybody can do it. Notice what he says here. He says that uh, in verse number 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. That these manifestations of the Spirit, the word manifestations is the word, the Greek word phaneros. It means a flashing. It's like a flash of light. It's like turning a light on and turning it off. And all of a sudden when you turn the light, you could be in a dark room, someone flips the light on and flips the light off. And because the light flashed, you see that there's a couch, there's a sofa, there's a television, there's a fireplace, there's a picture on the wall that looks like the Eiffel Tower. And then it goes off. And in one second, you saw all of this stuff. You didn't have to consciously think about it. Your brain just took it all in. And when the light goes back off, you could say, someone says, what did you see in that room for that second that that light was on? You could say, I saw a sofa, I saw a fireplace, I saw a table, I saw a television, and I saw a picture on the wall that looked like the Eiffel Tower. All because you saw it. Well, the phaneros or the manifestation of the Spirit is a spiritual gift that gives to you a flash of the character in the person of God. It shows you the love of God. All of a sudden, one of these manifestations or these graces manifest, and it proves you God loves you. It proves to you God is active in your life. It shows you that even though He's invisible in heaven, and Jesus is now at the right hand of the Father. It shows you that there is a God and he is active in the affairs of mankind. He is not some blind watchmaker that made a watch, turned it like some people think, and just let it tick. That's not what God is. He's not. Deists believe that. They believe in a God that's not interested in the affairs of mankind. He is more than interested. He is so interested. He has the numbers of your hair numbered. He has sent his son Jesus to die for you. That's how interested he is in the affairs of mankind. And if that wasn't enough, he gave to you the Holy Spirit, and he is using these graces to flash to you the love of God. So what are these graces that God has made available to the church? It says here in 1 Corinthians 12:8, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, to another faith, to another gifts of healing, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. And so we see listed here nine graces that the Spirit of God uses to prove to mankind that he loves them. Now, remember, these flashes or the phaneros is not necessarily to show the operator that God loves the operator. It is to show people that are in the world that God loves them. 
When you demonstrate the gifts of healing to somebody that's sick who doesn't believe in Jesus, that is an infallible proof to that person. Wow. Why? My body is healed. The pain in my shoulder is gone. The pain in my legs are gone. The cancer's disappeared. What happened? How did that come to pass? Why did that happen? And that's because the love of Jesus. All the gifts of the Spirit are doing is working in human and humanity, humankind, a understanding that God loves them and is trying to work on the behalf of them. And so, if you're interested in showing the world the love of Jesus, you don't have to just go around and tell people, get out there and show the love of Jesus. Use what God said you should use, and that is the flash or the phaneros, the, bar- the, the, the turning on of light to the world that Jesus loves them and cares about them. This is the system that God designed. The only thing is, you're going to have to get full of the Holy Ghost and full of the Spirit to operate consistently in the gifts of the Spirit because they're the gifts of the Spirit. I want to talk to you about the gifts tonight, and so you can have an understanding of what these gifts are. The very first thing that was mentioned on the list is that you have been given the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is authorized power from the Spirit of God that gives one the ability to know the best thing to do in a particular situation. And this really is how heaven would approach a situation that could be at hand. Now, a lot of times it is... Uh, pertains to a future event. It is an un, you know ahead of time something that's about to happen. But a lot of times it can even pertain to something that's going on right now. Basically, it's the mind of God that transcends human wisdom. I'll give you an example of what the word of wisdom is and how one time I recently saw it uh, operating in my life. Uh, there was a woman at a conference that approached me with her friend, and she was distraught because. Her son had gotten a tattoo. And I said to the woman, and uh, will tell me a little more. Because she was pretty, dis- I mean, she may have not liked that her son got a tattoo, but she was pretty distraught, more than that you would expect someone to be distraught if their son got a tattoo. And I said, is it of something terrible, of something obscene? She said, no, no, no. Uh, my son, he's just been very rebellious lately. And he's been a rebel for a while now. And he went out and got this tattoo, and I just, I don't understand why he did it. And I said, well, what was the tattoo of? And she said it was of his favorite scripture verse. I said, of his favorite scripture verse, huh? She said, yeah. She said, what I want is a scripture that you can give me to let me tell him that it's wrong for him to get a tattoo. No, we've all been there before. And I didn't. And I didn't want to get into a, is it right or wrong to have a tattoo? Because I'm sure there are people listening tonight and you have a tattoo. And God loves you just as much as he loves a person that doesn't have the tattoo. And you are no less in standing with God than a person that doesn't have a tattoo. If you have one. But this wisdom of God came over me. I felt the Spirit of God breathe upon me. And this is not an answer that I thought of. It's not something that I, con- that I conceived on my own. It's just something that came out of my mouth. I felt like the Lord had breathed upon me. And I said, I know what's happening here. She said, what? I said, <clears throat> your son <clears throat> has been rebellious. And he's tired of that lifestyle. And even though you cannot see it outside, inside, his heart, his spirit is reaching toward God 
But nobody had ever taught your son how to access God with the inner man. And he's trying to find a way to access God, so he has to do what he knows to do. And the only way he knows to reach God is through the outer man. And that's why he put that scripture on his body in ink, because he thought by doing that, he was going to satisfy the longing to get close to God. And he's going to find out that it's not going to be able to do that. And unless somebody teaches his inner man how to access God, he's going to continue to put ink on his body, or he'll continue to find other ways of religion to try and find God. The woman was blown away with the answer. She had never thought of anything like that. She wasn't realizing that he was using his outer man to reach God, but not his inner man. And that's what a lot of Christians do a lot of times. They try to dress the outer man with what the inner man is supposed to be dressed up in. You know, there's a lot of talk in Christian churches today about how we should dress. <laughs> this really became a big issue about 12 years, 15 years ago, when preachers started wearing jeans and t-shirts and sandals and flip-flops and glasses and t-shirts and all sorts of stuff in the churches. And it became a big deal that we don't want to offend the the people that are not Christians. Well, do they realize that people that aren't Christians wear suit and ties too? The point I'm trying to make is it's not important what you wear to church. When I minister, if you come to my supernatural event, I wear a suit and tie. And I wear dress shoes. And I do that not because I'm trying to make a point. That's just what I like to wear. I love wearing suits and I love wearing ties and I like looking that way. I like to do it because when... You see uh, a, a diplomat, they're wearing suits and ties. Well, I'm a diplomat for the kingdom of God. That's just how I like it. But I don't mind listening to someone teach that's wearing khaki pants. I believe we should all do everything for the glory of God. But the issue is, it doesn't matter. So there are people that when they don't want to be religious, they say, I don't want to be religious. So I'm going to wear flip-flops and I'm going to get a big giant hoop earring and I'm going to put tattoos all over my body to let people know that I'm just not religious. That is not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get you nowhere. And dressing to the nines and putting on traditional garments isn't going to get you anywhere either. The only way, my God, I feel the anointing, the only thing that is going to get you anywhere, friend, is a true relationship with Jesus Christ through the power and presence of the Holy Ghost. That's the only place, that's the only thing that can satisfy any longing and make any sense of God. Not what you wear, not how you act, not how you dress. People will go the length to do things to reach God with your outer man, and you're supposed to be dressing the garment of Christ on your inner man. And so I told this uh, woman this, and she was shocked, but nonetheless, it bore witness in her spirit. The next thing the Bible talks about is the word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is different from the word of wisdom because a word of knowledge is knowledge that's in the mind of God, supernaturally revealed to you by the Holy Spirit concerning a present or a past situation. It is noticed that it says it's a word of knowledge. It's not a paragraph of knowledge. It's not, <laughs> it's not a story of knowledge. Um, it's just a simple word. That means that uh, you could be ministering to somebody. I remember one time I was uh, someone had come up to me for counsel. When I was really first just in ministry, I was only early, early 20s. And uh, this woman came up to me and she said, uh, I need you. When the woman walked, right when she walked up to me, I heard, <coughs> I heard the word architect in my spirit. I just heard it. And uh, she came up to me and said, I need you to pray for my son. And I said, well, what does your son do? And she said, well, he, he's trying. He's trying to be an architect. 
Well, the Lord was trying to give me insight into understanding that, yes, this, this, is, this is God confirming. This is the will of God for her son's life. I hadn't spoke it out. But well, since that point, God has helped me to... There, I was just in the islands preaching a couple weeks ago, and I'll use this example. There was a woman, and she came... There's two people. They, they came up to the front to receive salvation. Two people, this one night. It was just two people. And I said, now lift your hands to God. I want to pray for you. And they both raised their hands to God to receive uh, and surrender to the Lord. And the Lord stopped me, and I said to one of them, I pointed at the one that was on my left. I said, you, somebody put a curse on your life. Somebody in witchcraft put a curse on you. This woman, needless to say, she started crying her eyes out. She started sobbing. She went nuts. And when I said that, I didn't have to say anything else. She started getting delivered. She fell and was weeping and crying and yelling and calling upon the name of Jesus. And fa- she was being delivered. And I didn't have to say, uh, say these 18 steps to deliverance. I didn't have to take her in the back room and open up a book about deliverance and start getting her to renounce everything. All she had to do, all I needed was a, <laughs> was a gift of the Spirit. And that gift of the Spirit totally set her free completely. Listen to this, friend. And write this down tonight if you're listening. I would hope you write this down. When you do things the way the Holy Spirit wants you to do them, you don't have to come up with methods and formulas. You just need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit telling you how to do something. That's why it is so important not to trust in the methods of man. Men do things, they get things right a lot of times, and they formulize them. If you get so... You, I could tell this story, and somebody said, okay, next time two people come up to get saved, I'm going to point to one of them and try and get a word of knowledge. And I'm, I'm not telling you this to make a formula. I'm telling you this to show that the leadership of the Holy Spirit is the greatest mark of maturity inside a believer's life. Maturity is not about how many times a month you go down to the animal shelter and help dogs find homeowners. That's not what God's concerned about. Oh, brother, you, you don't understand how these animals, they're being abused. Well, I'm sure that God cares to an extent. But God is more concerned about his people's uh, ability to connect to the Holy Spirit of God. Spirituality is not even measured by your ability to do good works. Spirituality is measured by your aptitude to know the Holy Spirit and how he works. And that is the only way you can... Put me on record for saying this. The only way that you can have effective ministry is through the witness and the and the and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> I remember evangelism back in the 40s when the great men like Jack Coe and A. A. Allen and Oral Roberts and they used they used to put uh, uh, tents all over the country and preach the word of God, and cast out devils, and heal the sick, and heal the lame, and heal the cripple, and and get people saved and delivered, and full of the Spirit of God, and praying in tongues. And it seems like today, that there's people, they don't, there's a generation, they don't know the power of God. And instead of having a true evangelistic authority, it's just melancholy contemplation. We just want to sit around and think about how we should do church. We want to sit around and think about how we can just reach a generation using media. We want to think about how we can use social media to... That is not what God wants. God wants people to flow in power and demonstrate the kingdom and manifest the gospel and go into the highways and the byways telling people about Jesus. And it doesn't take a bunch of thinking to do it. It just takes... Listen, listen, listen. It just takes the understanding how the Holy Ghost moves. <clears throat> One of my friends 
just got born, rededicated her life to Jesus and got full of the fire of God. And every day I get a text message. She's at some bus stop. She's in the grocery store. She's somewhere testifying and leading people to Jesus. It's that simple. You don't have to work. Just be a witness to those people that are around you and trust the gifts of the Spirit will kick in when they're needed. Praise God. <clears throat> the next thing that's a gift of the Spirit is discerning of spirits. <clears throat> discerning of spirits is insight. Insight into the realm of spirit. And we talked about the realm of spirit uh, just a couple months ago. Understanding the heavenlies, which is the realm of spirit, uh, according to Ephesians. It concerns non-human entities. Cuts right to the source of a spiritual issue so we can properly administrate the solution. Now this, before we go to break, I want to talk about this. I want, I, listen, listen friend, catch this tonight. Get your catcher out and catch this. When you come up against an issue or a problem, a difficulty, an impasse, something in your daily life that is, that is causing stress or causing turmoil. Now listen, your job is not to figure out right away how to solve it. Do you catch that? Because you might be trying to solve a problem that you don't have any insight to. It's like this. It's like taking a kindergartner and giving them a quadratic equation and telling them, solve this. They're, they're going to look at it and say, uh, what? I thought we're only supposed to use numbers in math. Well, where are all these letters coming from? Where is these, what, what does this symbol mean? They're not going to know what to do. Well, when you try and solve a spiritual problem... With natural means, you are doing the exact same thing. You are not prepared and qualified to handle that problem. This is where the discerning of spirits begins to kick in to help you. So when you come up against something, getting to the spiritual root of the problem is the key. What spirit is behind this issue? You might... Yeah, I just feel the anointing of God on this. <clears throat> you might be at your church. Somebody at your church is doing you wrong and doing you nasty and hindering you and harassing you and just being mean to you. Well, you need to find out what spirit is behind that. Somebody on your job might be doing the same thing. Find out what the spiritual source is. And you can do that uh, a number of ways, but one of those ways is the discerning of spirits. When I was preaching one time, there was a woman, and she came up to the altar to receive her healing. Now, when we come and we start talking about healing, it's important to understand that uh, when we do healing lines, and I'm trying to teach these, this to people that I'm training, is that when you do healing lines, you say, come on, we're going to have a healing line. A lot of those people don't get healed in the healing line because they don't need healing. Yes, there might be something wrong in their body. Yes, they might need uh, maybe an organ healed. But in actuality, they really need deliverance. Because it's not just sickness they're dealing with. There's the presence of an entity. There's the presence of a demon spirit. There's the presence of a demon power that is by their presence causing that sickness. Now, I want you to hear this. 
wherever there is a demon spirit, wherever there's a demon power, that demon power is going to affect this environment negatively. If a demon spirit comes around somebody, there's going to be perversion or anger or frustration or discouragement. But in a lot of cases, it's sickness. Many times in the life of Jesus, it would say in Mark chapter 1 that he spent all night healing the sick and, and casting out devils. There was the devil's presence that caused that sickness. A lot of the perversion today is because of the presence of a demon spirit. So this woman came up to the front and I said, uh, lift your hands. And she had a thyroid issue and her thyroid had been pounding for three years. And I prayed for it. Well, she, you know, fell and hit the ground. The power of God touched her and she fell and hit the ground. And I walked away and God said, go over to her and tell the infirm spirit to come out. She didn't need healing. She needed deliverance. So I walked back over to her. I said, you spirit of infirmity, come out of her in the name of Jesus. Come out of her in the name of Jesus. She later testified that the pounding in her thyroid had stopped. What happened? The spirit left. It went. She got delivered from that power. And so that's how the operation of discerning of spirits operates. I discerned by the spirit that the, what she was dealing with is not just a thyroid issue. It's the presence of a harassing spirit. We're going to continue to talk about the gifts of the spirit as we continue tonight after the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. And we are back here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. Friend, we thank you for listening tonight. I believe that the Word of God is already working to change your life. We're going to pray tonight at the end of the broadcast. If you need deliverance, if you need a touch from God, we want you to receive this. And people, you know, there's testimonies that come in all the time of people that receive from God listening to a radio broadcast. I get testimonies of people that get touched by God on this broadcast. You can receive healing power just by agreeing in prayer with us tonight. There is no distance in the realm of the Spirit. It's all connected. We talked to you just about, I just mentioned, the mind of God uh, working through, excuse me, the mind of God working through the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. These are th the mind of God because it reveals something. But I want to talk to you about now the voice of God. And that is three gifts of the Spirit that say something by God. The first is prophecy. Now, prophecy is supernatural inspiration in a known tongue. It is inspired by the Lord, and for it to be prophecy, for it to qualify, the Bible says that prophecy is for men's edification, exhortation, and comfort. It's for your teaching, it's for your exhorting, and it's for your comfort. But let me say this to you now. When God speaks, it is inspired. Any, that's how you know when God's talking to you. That's how people say, how do I know the voice of God? How do I know this is God talking to me? Through either A, an individual, or through B, a, uh, a person. Now, this is important. Somebody says to me one time, how do you know when God's talking to you? How do you know it's God talking to you? And I said, well, I hear the voice of God. And he says, no, 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 no. Can't he use other people to talk to you through and I say, yeah, yeah, he can do that. But then the question becomes, how do you know when the person who claims 
that what they're saying is from the Lord is really speaking on behalf of God. Because some people just want to think that God's speaking to them and it's not God speaking to them. Here's how you'll know. Ready? It'll be inspired. It will, it, it will be as though the breath and the fingertip and the kiss of God is on what they're saying. It'll feel like somebody is breathing life into you when they speak that. It'll be fresh. It'll be new. It'll be the mind of God. It's called prophecy. You can tell, friend. Listen, this is so important. And this whole show has been inspired. You can tell when somebody is ministering by the Holy Spirit. I remember a mentor of mine, a guy I preached for in Atlanta. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, about several years ago, about seven, eight years ago, he was teaching a class. And he was talking about the Holy Ghost. And the whole time he was teaching the class, I kept thinking to myself, wow, listen to this guy teach. I mean, he is absolutely just astounding. I mean, the way he's breaking this down, I said, this has to be God. And he used himself as an illustration. And he said, how many of you can tell uh, just by right now by listening to me that I'm doing this by the Spirit of God? Well, see, he was, you think that sounds like a cocky statement, but it's a humble statement. He was giving honor to the Lord because he knew that it could not have been him that brings this across with such inspiration. That's how you know it's prophecy when you start talking under that kind of an inspiration. This is why there is no part in the church for motivational speaking. I'm sorry to step on toes. I like motivational speaking. I enjoy, there are certain speakers I listen to that are motivational. I've taken some, uh, well, I don't want to say I've went to the courses, but I have some things on my iPod that are about speaking motivationally. And they're good and they're beneficial and they have their place. But in the kingdom of God, to manifest the kingdom, there's nothing in the Bible about motivational speakers. There is something, though, to be said about inspirational speakers. The prophets of God were inspired speakers, not motivated speakers. The preachers of the Lord were people that had the inspiration of God. You cannot manifest power through motivation. The only thing that motivational speaking can do is get a hold of somebody's willpower and drive that willpower as far as it is willing to go. But what inspiration can do is it can come upon you and begin to move you forward and impart to you the tools that's necessary for you to have to be powerful in Jesus. That's what inspiration can do. It comes upon you, and like a wind, it reveals to you the mind of God, something you've never seen before from the Word of God, and you're changed from it, from the inside out. And then, of course, there is tongues, and this is the supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. And without getting into length and tongues, because... I could really get in length in tongues. You have to understand that the gift of tongues is the only gift that you can steward at your own will. Most, actually, all of the gifts of the Spirit, except for tongues and interpretation, are used as publicly when other people are around. Gifts of healing don't work unless there's other people for you to heal. Prophecy doesn't work. Uh, unless there's other people to inspire and speak to. I guess it could work if you're speaking to yourself, what you could do. But for the most part, uh, you prophesy to other people. But you could prophesy to yourself. I could see how that works. Then you have working of miracles. Well, that has to be for other people's benefits. And then you have, uh, you know, gift of faith. We'll see what that is in a second. These are mostly for other people. But tongues, that operates publicly. You see in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, it's for public use. But... 
just as well, in 1 Corinthians 14, there is a private use of tongues as well. Remember this about tongues, friend. Tongues is a language, just like English. Whereas English has a natural origin, tongues has a supernatural origin. It is from God. And you can use English privately, you know. Don't act like you've never talked to yourself before. You're driving in the car thinking, i got to go to the CVS and pick up some things. i got to go to Walmart and get a few things. i got to check the mail. And you're talking to yourself. Well, you can, or you're praying to God privately. Dear God, I just thank you for my family today. I just pray for a wonderful day in Jesus. You use it privately, and then you can pray privately, and then get to your church, and 1,000 people, people around, and we just pray, Father, right now for a move of the Spirit. God, touch people. Do it now, and you're doing it publicly. Well, you can do the same with tongues. You can go into a public service, and you can pray in tongues. Or you can give a message in tongues publicly. Or you can go and do it in the private room. And when Paul was talking in 1 Corinthians 14, he was saying that because it's a language. Listen, you cannot just come into a congregation and start speaking in an unknown tongue and expect it to edify people unless there is an interpreter. He says that when you pray in tongues over a meal, don't do it. Because nobody is going to understand what you're saying, and they're not going to know when to say amen. And he says, but, (laughs) I love this part, this is the part people forget. He says, but verily, you gave thanks well. (laughs) That's what he said. He said, but you know what, I'm going to read it to you, because some people on the air, you may not believe what I'm saying. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, pray in tongues. How shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks, seeing he understands not what you just said? He's saying that if you were to walk up to your food and pray in the Holy Ghost over it, and people around you would say, what did he just say? Paul says, you still gave thanks well, but nobody understood, so you're out of order. And if that goes for eating your food, what makes you think that you can go to a church service and try and give a message in tongues and people understand? They're not going to be blessed by it. I'd rather say... Or a few words in English and a thousand words, ten thousand words in tongues in a public setting because people aren't going to understand unless you have the next gift of the Spirit, which is called the interpretation of tongues. Interpretation of tongues can be used again in a private setting or in a public setting. It's just like interpreting. You can go, uh, not everybody will interpret in public though. It's a gift. I know a sister. He is used all, all the time in public uh, tongues and interpretation of tongues. Not everybody in church is used that way. <clears throat> I've been using interpretation of tongues publicly. I remember one time uh, was a, someone gave a message in tongues in the church. And I had been a lot of times uh, up to this point inspired to give a message in tongues as a minister, and I would. But one time somebody gave the tongue, and I had such an unction. I mean, I had the interpretation. I had the interpretation. I mean, I just had it. I knew it. I was busting at the seams getting ready to give this interpretation. And when I gave it, it really blessed the people that were present. And when you see a manifestation of the gift of prophecy in public, when you see a manifestation of the gift of tongues in public, or when you see a manifestation of the gift of interpretation of tongues in public, here's how you know it was driven by God and by the Spirit of God, is that there will always it will always take the church service to the next level. It won't be a distract. I feel the anointing of God on my arm right now. Praise God. If you have a if you have a problem with your arm, 
God is just healing it. I just want to tell you that right now. I just felt it go all the way through my arm. God is doing something in somebody's arm right now. But let me just say this. That that's how you know God is moving in the service genuinely is that whatever he's doing is a blessing to people. Have you ever been in a church service before where you see... <laughs> I'm laughing because if you've been in a Pentecostal or charismatic church, you'll know this. Uh, somebody dancing... And it's just a hindrance. You're watching this person dance and you're thinking, wow, what is going on here? And it's distracting you and then the people around you start to laugh and they start to, you know, look at this person up there. Who do they think they are? Um, and it becomes a distraction and it, it really becomes an annoyance. That's how, that's somebody driven by the flesh. And actually a lot of times the dancing is a world, it's carnal. But... Have you ever seen somebody dancing and all of a sudden you realize that they're dancing, it just becomes a blessing to you? You watch their dancing and their dancing just does something inside of you that makes you feel closer to God. It makes you get closer to God. You're not criticizing it. You're just watching them and watching them incites the presence of God around you. That's because that person has the Spirit of God on them and they're dancing in the Spirit. That is how we live, friend, as believers or spiritual people. And that's how you know someone is doing it by the Spirit, how it draws you close to God. I remember one time, one of my close friends, uh, I hadn't seen him in the service. I didn't know he was in church that day. And it, there was a time in the Holy Ghost where, um, man, this is just thinking about it is powerful, where uh, it was just a marvelous time in the Holy Ghost. And out of the corner of the church, I saw my friend come down the aisle with his hands up, totally surrendered to God, and he was just in his own world. I mean, he was completely in his own world, just lit hands and up, and he was dancing this dance and just consumed by it. You could see tears coming down his face, and I remember seeing that, thinking, oh, my gosh, and seeing that triggered something in me where I put my hands up, and I became in my own world because, listen, worship is true worship begins when you transcend yourself. When you're no longer present, you, you, you're not even conscious of yourself anymore. All you're conscious of is the presence of God. That's true worship. And that is what the gifts of the Spirit, public gifts of the Spirit, will do. And when someone gives the tongue carnally, they're out of order. And so these are tongues interpretation and uh, prophecy are the voice of God. Now, I will say this. You can pray in an unknown tongue privately, and you can interpret privately a lot of times, some of the things that God has given me to do have been because I've prayed in tongues and interpreted that tongue privately and has in informed me of the mind of God. If you feel, I remember one time I was praying in tongues and the Spirit of God came over me and um, the anointing came over me and I felt a tremendous unction to interpret that tongue. And when I interpreted that tongue, it provided the mind of God on the situation. Now, I encourage people to do that. When you go in your, your prayer closet and you start praying in tongues, sometimes you just pray in tongues to pray in tongues, but sometimes there will be an extra anointing there. There will be an extra unction there. When you sense that heaviness when you're praying in tongues, I've learned this through years and hours and thousands of hours of praying in tongues. If you feel a certain heaviness when you're praying in the Spirit, it's a burden. A lot of times that burden is uh, knowledge that is seeking to be revealed. Knowledge inside your belly. It's something your spirit man knows, but your mind isn't yet conscious of. And so when you sense that, 
I'm going to encourage you, try to, you know, ask God for the interpretation. Say, Lord, by your spirit, I want to interpret this. And then open your mouth and allow yourself to give that interpretation. You will be shocked what you find out. It'll, it may be something that has to pertain to godliness, which is the mind of God concerning our redemption. Or it might be God's mind concerning your life or the blueprint that he has for you. Either way, it's going to open up your mind and you're going to know something that you didn't previously know. And that whole burden that you had was that you were pregnant with revelation knowledge that you previously did not have at that time. And that, friend, is how it works. So you should pray in English when you pray and you should pray in tongues when you pray. Some people say, well, how, how do I know what to pray for? Well... You know, when I start my prayer time, you know, if you gave me a couple good hours in prayer, said, here's three hours in prayer. How do you want to spend your three hours in prayer? What I would do is the very first thing I would do is I would start off in worship. Or I might even start off in praise, probably praise and thanksgiving. Uh, you know, the Bible says, I will enter your courts with thanksgiving. I will enter your, voice, your, your courts with praise. You start thanking God for things. God, I thank you for this. I thank you for that. I thank you for this. I thank you. I thank you. Because God always appreciates your thanksgiving. It, he's mindful of it. And uh, after you start with thanksgiving, he'll take you into praise. And after you remind yourself of all the good things God has done for you, you'll be very full of praise. But praise takes you to the outer court, but it can't get you into the Holy of Holies. Because when you get into the Holy of Holies, friend, praise is worshiping God for what he's done. And worship is uplifting God for who he is. And when the praise leads you to the worship, you get to the worship. And when you're in that position of worship, you start recognizing who God is. And it brings the presence of God. And the presence of God comes in. And when the presence of God is there, now your prayer time is really going to start to take off. So you know what you do? After that presence is there, you can start praying in the Holy Ghost. But you don't have to start with the prayer. I mean, you can pray in the Holy Ghost and the presence comes. This is just how I would do it. You can pray in the Spirit or you can worship. Or, but see, really what you're trying to do in your prayer time is just get that presence to be there. You want that presence. And you want to be someone that practices the presence of God. And so I pray in tongues. Sometimes I pray in tongues for four hours, eight hours. I did one time 24 hours of praying in the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and, and you don't have to do it that long. I have a reason for why I did that. But you can do it nonetheless as much as you like any time that you would like. These are the differences of the gifts of the Spirit, private and public functions. But what I want to do is I want to pray for you now, friend, wherever you're at. If you need deliverance, if you need a touch from God, I want you to join with me in prayer. And we will believe God for a miracle in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I break the power of the devil over every person that's bound tonight. I command sickness leave. There's somebody you have pain in your body. It's a, it's a harassing pain. It's a poking. It's a jabbing. I command in the name of Jesus, be loose from that in the name of Jesus. I loose it from you now in the name of Jesus. I break its power over your life. In Jesus' name, I command it to go. And Father, I pray for every person under guilt. There's somebody you're listening tonight, you're promiscuous and you're guilty because of it. I command you to be free from lust. I command you to be free from its power now in Jesus' name. And I command this lust to leave. If you need to know Jesus, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name that you draw people's hearts to you tonight. Say this with me, Jesus, 
Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior and fill me with your Holy Ghost. Now, thank you and praise you for it now, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Listen, friend, we love you. We'll get back next week talking about the gifts of the Spirit and continue our series on the Holy Ghost. But God loves you. We'll be back next week, 12.15 a.m. You can find us at chrispalmerministries.com or you can write us at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Walled Lake, Michigan, 48390. God bless you, friend. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Now that you've received the transforming truth of the Word of God, go deeper. Go to our website, chrispalmerministries.com, or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Ministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Walled Lake, Michigan, 48390. And tune in again every Saturday night at 12.15 a.m. for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ, 103.5 FM, The Light.